This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. On today's episode, we are talking with Susan Hyatt. Susan is someone who I have long been stalking. I'm such a huge fan of her, so it was a huge honor to have her on the show. So I can't wait to dive in and get into some of my favorite things about Susan, which we touch on many of them today, all the things I love from stalking from afar. Susan Hyatt is a master certified life coach whose fresh approach to personal development has won her tens of thousands of fans on Facebook. Praise from icons like Dr. Martha Beck and Maria Shriver and a sold out coach calendar with many programs selling out in six hours or less. Her motto, life is precious, go make it delicious. Susan has been featured in Cosmopolitan, Woman's World, 17 and O, the Oprah magazine, and has appeared on stage in front of live audiences from Seattle to the island of Aruba. Her international retreats to locations like Thailand, Italy, France, Ireland, and Spain combine personal growth, professional development, arts, food, adventure, and culture, so much more than just a tourism trip. Each retreat provides a chance to reconnect with your life purpose, dive into strategic career and business planning, and expand your vision of what's possible for your life. So I found Susan actually at an event a few years ago. She was on stage speaking in Seattle at an event that I have attended a few times called Urban Campfire, a fantastic event. And she talked about a really traumatic life experience. She talked about her sexual assault as a young woman. And her story was just amazing. And the way she held her space on the stage while telling this really raw, vulnerable story just blew me away. So I did what everyone does. I immediately came home and started Facebook stalking her. So now I feel like we're super close personal friends. I'm sure she would agree. And since then, I have learned so much from the way she lives her life on social media because she lives her life out loud and in a way that I have so much respect for. So she is funny. She's loud. She's strong. She's powerful. And she's also graceful in a way that is very different and unique to many women, I think, maybe because she's heavily influenced by Beyonce. So I was so excited to get her on this interview. I have to say, I was kind of nervous to even ask. It's one of those people, like you have those people where you're like, I don't know, they probably are so busy and they'll never say yes. And she said yes. So I was super, super pumped to get that yes. And I've been waiting for a couple months to get this interview we booked it a couple months out. So I've been waiting for it to get going. I've been very excited for this day. What I wanted to talk to Susan about was just about the way she lives her life and the way she portrays her life and how she does stand so strong in her own skin and so strong in her own convictions. And she really does lead with her instincts and she wins. She wins big by leading her life in a way that works for her, regardless of what other people say or whatever other people think. And if you follow her on Facebook, you will see like, I live 
live in like super liberal Seattle, so I can put my liberal stuff up and everyone on Facebook is like, yeah, you go. Like everyone agrees with me. She lives in uh, not super liberal land over in Indiana. So totally different ball game. Like she doesn't get like instant respect for everything that she posts and she knows how to navigate that. And she navigates it really, really well. And she kind of doesn't give two F's what other people have to say about it. Like she knows what she stands for and she does her work to make sure she stands up for what she believes in because that's so important to her. And we talk about that today on this episode, especially as it pertains to parenting, which I really admire that she follows her gut when it comes to parenting. And she has two amazing teenagers, not easy to be a parent in her household. It sounds like But that is how it goes when you have two teenagers who you've raised to be independent and strong and strong-willed and thoughtful and considerate of their environment. And so she has some great stories to share about that. So we're going to hear how her kids, Ryan and Emily, and Beyonce inspire her every day. We're also going to learn about how she sets boundaries. This is one of the things I most admire about her. And one of the things I constantly see her doing on Facebook and on social media, we're also going to talk about how motherhood and life work and her Susan's passion have kind of evolved on a parallel track and how that probably is happening in your life too. So maybe take note and see where you're headed. We'll talk about the crack in Susan's foundation. You know, Susan is someone that you see her life on social media and you think like, oh, she has it made. She knows what she stands for and she stands tall and proud. There's nothing wrong ever, right? Not so much. Like there's always a crack. So we're going to talk about her crack in her foundation and why that crack will probably never go away. And we're going to talk more about how to be shameless in motherhood and in work. So with that, let's go ahead and dive in and get talking with one of my big superheroes, Susan Hyatt. Susan Hyatt, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I am elated to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here too, because the name Shameless Mom, I mean, you must have t-shirts. If not, order them immediately. (laughs) We don't. We don't. We're in the middle of getting it trademarked though, but we should get t-shirts. I know. It's pretty good. I'm kind of in love with our name. So I have to tell our audience how I found you. You spoke in an event, I think it was either two or three years ago, called Mm -hmm. Urban Campfire here in Seattle. And Mm -hmm. you just rocked the stage. There was a lot of speakers that day, but you were the person who just stood out to me so much. You shared very deeply your personal story of sexual assault and how that impacted your life and your growth as a woman and as an entrepreneur. And your story was amazing, which led to me stalking you. (laughs) Thank you. That's so awesome. You know, I was actually really scared to share that story from the stage because I knew I would become emotional. And it was really the only story when Melody Beringer, who of course is the founder of Urban Campfire said, is there a story that you haven't told from the stage? I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yes, and I'm going to have to do it because it scares me. So I really appreciate you saying that because it was was a true vulnerable moment. I did not realize that that wasn't something you had shared on stage before because you managed it very gracefully. (laughs) Ah, thank you. Thank you. So after that, I found you on Facebook and started stalking everything that you posted. And which has now been over the course of years, I follow like every time you post something, I'm like, Oh, what does Susan have to say? And (laughs) I know that I'm not alone in this. So first of all, I'm going to make sure in our show notes over at shamelessmom.com that we have links to all your social media locations on Facebook and elsewhere. But additionally, I know that when you post on social media, you're thoughtful about what you post and you really own what you say. And you're someone who really stands behind what you believe in. And you shout it out to the world very confidently and very gracefully, but also with a good blend of like humor and like your own true self, which I really adore. But what I think that that does for other women is it helps the rest of us stand stronger in our own truth. And I know that it's been so motivating to me to start owning the things that I really stand for. And especially in this podcast, to be able to say things that like, it's okay if not everyone else thinks this, but this is what I think. And this is what I think it, and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I see you doing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love, I mean, I use social media as a way to have a relationship with my people. And so I appreciate you being part of that tribe. And absolutely. I say what's on my mind. I stand up and advocate for causes that I think are worthy. And I talk very often about things that I hear my clients griping about that are perhaps too scared or too shy to take a stand on. And so, yeah, I'm all over Facebook. 
This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. (laughs) Which I love. We all need to spend a little more time on Facebook, right? (laughs) Oh my God. I just actually did a podcast about my new boundaries around social media. I saw that you mentioned that in one of your posts about setting some limits on Facebook and not having it open all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag of results. Let me just tell you. It's it's challenging. It's really challenging to put those boundaries in place. Mm -hmm. It is. (laughs) So tell us a little more about yourself as a businesswoman and as a mom of two lovely but extremely independent and extraordinary teenagers. Yes. So I have been in business for myself now for nine and a half years. I'm a life coach and an author and a speaker and a retreat facilitator. And I basically work with two different groups of people. I work with entrepreneurs who want to make money but not burn themselves out. So I help people make more money and have more fun. And then I also work with women on body image and weight loss without dieting. So that's your bear program. Is that right? That's my bear program. And I actually am writing a book right now called bear. And I'm very passionate about helping women break the cultural BS they've been fed and stories from their family of origin about how they should look and really own who they are and how they walk in the world and how they look at their beautiful God pods. I love that. So when you spoke at Urban Campfire, you talked about posting a picture on Facebook of yourself in a bikini. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe this was the first time I know you've done it many times since, but I think it might have (laughs) been one of the first times you did it. Can you talk just a little bit about what happened with that? Yeah, sure. So that incident was probably about four years ago. And I had a girls weekend at the lake. And when one is at the lake, one wears a bathing suit. And so we were posting photos from our fun weekend. And I took pictures of I thought it was hilarious that when everybody descended upon my lake house, we couldn't even close the refrigerator door because there was like (laughs) 500 bottles of green juice plus Prosecco. There was you name it, there's like greens hanging out, but then there's also, you know, a pineapple upside down cake. (laughs) And so I was posting just highlights from the weekend. And there was a local nutritionist who didn't like it. And she went on her Facebook page and she blocked me. But a lot of local people who know us both knew who she was talking about and started taking screenshots and sending it to me. And it was basically mocking that, oh, she's supposed to be empowering women, but she's binge eating on this food. And I'm like, dude, how did you go from like taking a picture of my refrigerator where seven different women contributed food that I ate all that myself? (laughs) Right. Right. And my joke of the matter is, is that I didn't even get a 
bite of that pineapple upside down cake because those hookers ate it all before I could get to it. (laughs) She's like, oh, she's binge eating and she needs to go back to the gym before she puts pictures of herself in a bikini online. And so there was just a lot of really dark, unnecessary tearing down that caught my attention. And I thought, wow, how interesting that when a woman feels great about herself, how that triggers things in other people. And it's a projection that happens. Mm -hmm. And so since that time, I have blogged relentlessly about this and it's still happening. It happened to me last week. So I really want to encourage women not to sit down and shut up, to continue to talk about and advocate for themselves things that are happening that are crossing your boundaries. Right. And you do such a nice job of being really clear with what your boundaries are. And you do that in so many different ways. I've seen you do it on Facebook. I've seen you do it like you posted things about like your refund policy in your business, like just Mm -hmm. clear boundaries all around, which is really great because I think it does allow you to own your space. You can own your space in social media, but from a business perspective, and you are a super busy mom. And Mm -hmm. if you can't put boundaries around your space and what that means to you, then it's going to be very challenging for you to build the life that you want, but also to model what you want your kids to have. And so tell us a little bit about your kids. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I actually was talking with a client this morning who is parenting three little ones. And I was talking about this very thing. And she wants to start her own business, how claiming your boundaries in your home with your family is absolutely the foundation to having a successful business, because without those boundaries, you're not going to have it. And so my kids really grew up with I was a stay at home mom up until the time Ryan was almost five and Emily was almost three. So they've grown up with me working, but when I started this business and was working from home, that was like a whole different set of boundaries to set. But they're awesome. They are turning 16 and 18 in September. Emily is my fiery artist, feminist rocker. She plays the bass. She also plays the flute. Oh my gosh. Um, So cool. Yeah. (laughs) And Ryan is the joke that I consistently make is that I'm raising Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Uh, And if any of your listeners are not familiar with Ferris Bueller, do yourself a favor and go watch Ferris Bueller's day off because that is what's happening at my house on the daily is squashing shenanigans. So they're both super bright. They're both fiercely independent. They both butt up against my boundaries all the time. And so it's a constant, they actually, and I tell them this all the time, I credit them for the business that I have. Because if I wasn't parenting such strong-willed kids, I really wouldn't be as efficient as I am. I wouldn't have the business boundaries that you just talked about. They've really taught me how to own that. That's so great. I love that perspective of, I think that can be a missing link for working women or women who are not working, the missing link of connecting how your work in the home or out of the home is meaningful and impactful to your entire family and Mm -hmm. how you can connect the two in that way and how you can use one area to motivate you in the other. I certainly see that in the way that you work. I'm sure that you are conscious of the work that you do with women and how your children perceive that and how that will impact the way Emily becomes a woman. Ryan works with women who relates with women down the road, which is important stuff. Big responsibility, right? (laughs) It absolutely is. And I think that it's really fun for me to observe Like, for example, my daughter is who I wanted to be in college. And in my 20s, she's only 15. You know, she has a perspective. Of course, it's the benefit of being raised by her mom. But she also reads and devours everything there is about advocating for women's rights. And she schools me. She teaches me. And Ryan is so funny because he knows how passionate I am about this issue. And so he's actually more likely to, oh my God, Emily and I wear shirts all the time that say things like wild feminist. (laughs) And he ordered a meninist t-shirt. Are you familiar with these people? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. He thought, not that he subscribes to anything that they say, but he wanted the reaction. Oh wait, wait, well, let's back up. So wait, meninist, is that the opposite of feminist? It's basically 
a group that feels that they have to advocate for men's rights. Oh my, okay. I was thinking it was a man supporting feminist. So it's the opposite. It's no, men, su- oh, okay. it's men supporting men. The, the so, poor suffering men of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag male privilege. Like oh, it is the God. most like if you look at their tweets, it is the most abhorrent. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, I want to burn it down. So he orders a black shirt that says Meninist across the front and walks into my office just to get the reaction. And I gave it to him. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to rip that from your dead body. And he was oh just laughing. Emily bleached it. Emily found it in the dirty clothes and bleached it. So anyway, this is the kind of thing that happens in my house. But yes, I think that when I think a lot about the business that I have and the legacy that I want to leave my kids, when I left my former career, which was real estate, I have a lot of love for that industry. It just wasn't my passion. And I remember I was driving this giant white Toyota Sequoia, like a fridge on wheels. And It had all my real estate signs rattling in the back and my kids were in their car seats buckled in. And I was on my cell phone arguing with another real estate agent about a termite report on a house we were trying to sell. And I remember looking in the rearview mirror and going like, I don't want this to be my legacy. I don't want them to see an unhappy mom arguing with a cell phone attached to her ear. And I started thinking more about, well, what do I want my legacy to be? Of course, we can't control, we can never control our children's perception and what they think of us. But with all things considered, what would I love for my legacy to be? And I really got to work on that. And so when I think about that now, my highest intention is that my daughter owns her voice and owns her body and owns her mind and makes decisions from that place and that my son celebrates that in women. So, yeah. I love that. That's really powerful, a powerful way of parenting. So you're really passionate about your work and how you want to impact women. Would you say you've talked a little bit about some of the driving force behind that being your children and your family? What else is the driving force behind that? I'm sure some of that comes from your experience of sexual assault, but I think Mm -hmm. it also comes from some other places. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you could call it understanding your why. And definitely, I think about my breaking point. So it would have been mid-2006, I remember I finally would admit to myself that even though I was really good at selling real estate, I didn't like it. And I set out on this path of like, what will I do? I had these mental golden handcuffs, you know, where I thought, well, I can't walk away from this because I'm an equal earner in my household and we've become accustomed to the lifestyle I think many parents get into this where their mind convinces them that they need to continue doing things that they hate because of the money. Yeah. And I was pretty distraught about it. And there was a day I had this tiny little private office. Seriously, it was like the size of a closet, but I had enough room for a desk and a little stool. And I remember I shut the door and sat on this little orange cushion stool and cried my eyeballs out. And I think about that woman all the time, that if I have an idea for something or I want to create something and I am giving myself excuses or thinking about not doing things like completing my book, I think about that woman and I think to myself, somewhere there is a woman just like me, how I was, crying in her office or on her bathroom floor And if Susan Hyatt, if you do not get over yourself right now, you are potentially leaving your sister in the street on the floor in the office. And I refuse to do that. And so that is really my why. And that passion for that woman is what keeps me doing things that are hard. That makes so much sense. And I had a business coach a few years ago say something similar to me where he was saying, he's like, the longer you put off doing the work that you truly want to do the longer you're waiting to help people who are literally sitting up at night crying because they need your help so badly. And that was really impactful to me because before that I was sometimes like hesitant about sales or hesitant about like putting myself out there too much. And when Mm -hmm. he said that, I was like, that's true. Like there's situations that I've, you know, just like you, like situations where I've been sitting crying, like I just need someone to help me with this problem 
why would I not then put the thing out there that can help people with the problem that I have the talent to help with? So I think that makes so much sense. How has your professional life evolved as you've evolved as a mom? Has it been like a parallel kind of a thing? It really has. It's sort of like one informs the other and vice versa. So the more risks I take in my business, the more willing I am to take risks parenting and vice versa. And by risk, I mean risking the ego. Not risking your children's lives. (laughs) Right. Not being dangerous with their safety or livelihood. So yeah, as I have grown as a parent, so has my business. As I've grown as a businesswoman, so has my parenting. And one of the biggest ways that I've grown and the way that they've kind of gelled together is that I definitely used to, I mean, we've talked about my children being strong willed and when they were younger, I used to spend too much time worrying about what other parents thought or what I should be doing that seemed to work for everyone else. And in business, the same thing, I would listen to experts and a lot of the advice that works for a lot of people just didn't sit well with me. And so what I've noticed is the more I've been willing to do it my way, the more successful I have become on both fronts. So I've intuitively always known the right way for me. But sometimes my mind would tell me like, well, everyone says I should give a timeout or all the experts say that I should... (laughs) you know, take everything away or whatever it might be. And the more I've been willing to tune in and say, yeah, I know this might look crazy to everybody else, but I think this might work. Mm -hmm. That has been the greatest secret to success, if you will. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that can be very scary because it can feel isolating if you're doing things differently than everyone else and differently than perhaps all your other mom friends. And, you know, whether it's a parenting issue or a professional thing, it can definitely feel scary and vulnerable. But I also think that it's important to listen to your instincts and you know your kids best. And so you make decisions based on that. Other people don't know your kids best. Absolutely. And it's just so interesting because all of these kids... They're all very unique and different. And yes, there are certain things that might work for most human beings. But some of you guys listening, you might have a kid who, you know, time out or whatever technique might be the exact opposite of what they need. And so you just have to listen to that inner voice. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So you seem to have built a strong crumble proof foundation for yourself personally and professionally. This is what I see on Facebook, at least. (laughs) So, What are the cracks in your foundation? And how do you manage them? My cracks in my foundation? I mean, I think if there's any crack, it would be parenting, like doubting my parenting. You know, I've certainly grown as a parent. But, you know, my kids are, are, giving me new material all the time. And I think the times when my foundation might be at jeopardy are the times when I buy into negative thinking. I think that would be the only crack in my foundation would be anything my mind conjures up that would keep me from doing what I know I need to do. Right. Yeah. It's hard to always constantly escape that or move in the opposite direction of the negativity there's just certain times and places where that pull can be greater. And even the strongest, most positive person who can spin everything in the best light (laughs) gets sucked in. Yeah. I mean, but then you find yourself there, but you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing that thing. I don't like doing right here. I am again. Like, you know, sometimes I am onto myself as I'm thinking the terrible thing, but then other times it's not until I'm doing, I'm feeling crappy or doing something I know is not helpful, like yelling at my kids or, (laughs) you know, whatever it might be. It's like, Oh my gosh. And so it's like being compassionate with myself and backing up and doing all the things I know how to do to get back on track. But I think that would be it. That's my crack is buying into negative thoughts that feel true. Mm -hmm. What are you most shameless about professionally? This is such a great question. I'm shameless about being excited about the fact that the more fun I have, the more money I make. And that pisses a lot of people off. (laughs) You know what? I think I'm sure it does piss people off. I have to say that because I, you do a really nice job of presenting this in a really open but not showy way on Facebook. And you talk about, you know, like selling out events before you even launch them and, you know, having a five figure, six figure launch without even having like actually sent out a sales page yet. And mm-hmm. what I think that is so amazing about that is it 
while some people might think it's showy and some people might be annoying, whatever, that's all about them and who cares. And on the other side of that is people like me and people who are looking at you as such a strong role model and mentor in being a strong businesswoman and being a mom. And I find it so hopeful. And I love the idea that I can do things the way that feels best for me and get that kind of result. Because when I had business coaching years ago, I was in a group that was run by a couple of guys who were very good at what they did, but what they did did not sit with me well in my gut for how I wanted to run my business as a woman. And I kept doing the things that they would say to do because I was like, well, they know better than me. So Mm -hmm. it gives me tremendous hope and joy (laughs) to see you do it the way that works for you and feel really happy about that. And you're following your gut and finding amazing success with that. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, I'm actually doing a free webinar later today about this. How I'm, I'm signed up for it. Oh, good. <laughs> good. You'll have to tell me what you think because I, I basically will be talking about how self-care is a business plan. And part of that is my mantra, the more fun I have, the more money I make. Does that mean that I'm like eating bonbons and watching Netflix all day? Absolutely not. You know, that's fun sometimes, but it's more an attitude and figuring out like what brings you alive and bringing that to the work that you do. Yeah, I totally agree. What makes you a shameless mom? Oh God, so many things, but really that I don't buy into the traditional path for success for our kids. I have two kids their IQs are actually one point away from one another. So it's like funny because they're like very evenly gifted and everybody is, but like, it's so funny to me that they're one and they're dying to know who has the higher point. Who's got them? No, I refuse to tell them. But what I have to say is that I have one child, for example, Emily, she's completed her freshman year in a very academically rigorous high school. She wants to go to an Ivy League college. She is the kind of student that can thrive in a not traditional learning environment, because I wouldn't say her high school is traditional, but she's great in a classroom and she is not stressed out by the hoops that they're putting these kids through. And then I have a kid, Ryan, who (laughs) he doesn't even know where his locker is. Like (laughs) he is going to be a senior next year. We have no idea like what in the world he wants to do as far as college or no college. And I think what makes me shameless is that I support both of their journeys. So Ryan took online classes for a couple of years. I think for his senior year, he might do a hybrid of those things. We don't even know yet what he's going to do for his senior year. And I think so many parents buy into sort of the traditional trajectory that like you go to the best, even preschool now, these preschools in big cities that are 30k. I'm in Seattle and it's real and it is insane. I mean like yeah, it's very much that way here. And the conversations that we're having about kindergarten with our friends who will have kids starting kindergarten in 2 years, like it's enough to make one want to vomit. Seriously, a dear client of mine, we chuckle about it now, but one of our very first coaching sessions was around her 3-year-old's interview with a preschool. 3 I mean, she was so about disturbing. Yes. Personally, I'm like, what 
does a three-year-old do at an interview to impress or not impress an administrator? Like, I have no idea. (laughs) But so I think what makes me shameless is that I don't buy into it necessarily. Like, you know, everybody has their own path. And, you know, Ryan right now, he's like, I think I just want to design an app. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't you go research that? And I'll support you. Let's figure out what your app's going to be like. A a meninist app. Exactly. (laughs) It'll be like take down my mother app or a thousand ways to annoy your mother app. (laughs) He actually said to me yesterday, he actually is finishing up an online math class during the summer. Mm-hmm. And we have a lovely, lovely woman that has been like a helper, a tutor, a you name it for our family. So he's sitting at the dining room table with her working on this math stuff. And I walk by and he goes, hey, mom, just so you know, later this afternoon, I'm probably going to say a bunch of things that are going to make you have a bad day. And I was like... <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Like, thanks for the advance warning that you're going to, like, come try to wreck my day. And, of course, I didn't react. I was just like, okay, see you later. And, of course, he never materialized with Oh, my God. So funny to me. Anyway, I think that's what makes me shameless is that if you're going to come at me with standardized test scores and tell me I should be doing things this way or that way, it's not going to happen. Awesome. Nice. You are a mentor to so many women. Who are your mentors and what impact have they had on you? Wow. So I like to encourage people, whether they have active mentors or not, like you could have imaginary mentors. And so I have both. I have an actual real life mentors and then I have my fictional (laughs) mentors. And and then you have Beyonce. And then I have Beyonce. (laughs) Like what would Beyonce do? And so my real life mentors are Dr. Martha Beck, who trained me. And she is an amazing woman who is definitely somebody who is out of the box and supportive of non-traditional trajectories for anything. And so love her. And she's one of the number one people that have helped me become a shameless mom and to understand that my happiness is the greatest thing I could offer my children. So there's that. And then Brooke Castillo has been a mentor for me since the beginning of my business. And Brooke is someone who has taught me that I can do hard things, that I don't have to be scared of difficult, uncomfortable, hard, challenging, and that I actually thrive on that. And I mean, I learn so much from her in business all the time. So I would say those are the two major mentors. I would also throw my daughter, Emily Hyatt, in the mix there. She's probably my greatest inspiration. She and Ryan both, but she's something. (laughs) She's really something. From what I see of her on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. She's a very impressive young woman. Yeah. I mean, she's a typical teenager. She's surly sometimes and all those things. And then my imaginary would be Michelle Obama, Beyonce, Cookie Lion from Empire. Nice. Um, Those are all they're all mentors to me. They don't know it though. I was thinking when I was writing up questions for this interview and I was like, I could just do a whole interview with Susan on Beyonce. (laughs) And then I was like, and you know what? She'd probably be totally cool with that. (laughs) Oh my God. I have so much to say. And all I will say at this moment is that everyone needs to go read the fast company article that just came out about how all these major corporations are watching what Beyonce did with lemonade and asking themselves, what's my lemonade like in my business? And there's so many business and life lessons in that article. It is fantastic. Is the article currently out? Yes. Okay. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. So anyone who wants to find that can head over to shamelessmom.com and I will make sure that we link to that article. And I'm dying to read it myself. <laughs> yeah. So good. She's brilliant in many, many ways. So describe the legacy you're building and how do you want your legacy to impact your children? So in addition to what we talked about before, the legacy I'm building, I think, is really one of self-expression and independence. So when people ask me things like, you know, how do you stay motivated and what drives you and all those things, I really feel fantastic about the fact that this business has given me a platform for all the things that I love. So I'm able to express my creativity. I'm able to use my voice. And my legacy, I hope, is for my children and anyone that, hey, anyone from anywhere, Susan Hyatt in small town, Indiana, 
is killing it and I can too, right? right? So there's that. And that also the element of my business, which is about make a scene, which is that you don't sit down and be quiet, that you ask for what you want, that if something that you don't like is happening, that you pipe up about it, that you don't dim your light or dumb yourself down for the comfort of others. Which I love because I think that it's easy to do that. It's easy to go to a comfortable place to make other people comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you definitely don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Good job. I'm like, I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. So I'll just like swallow it all. (laughs) So I love watching people who have mastered the art of letting other people be uncomfortable and being okay with that. Hey, Sarah, I've come a long way. I could show you pictures of me in a navy blue jumper with Christmas tights that I wore matching with my sister's in-law because my mother-in-law demanded it. Oh, this my would, gosh. And this would have been like 16 years ago. Wow. But there was a time that I wore an awful jumper just <laughs> to eat the piece. <laughs> to please the family. Yes. So let's jump into our shameless mommy minute, our little lightning round here, and get a little more fun information from you. Like the important question of what is your preference, red wine or white wine? Champagne. Oh, bubbles. (laughs) I need to have bubbles in that question is one of the options. Very nice. What is a current book that you're reading or the last one that you read? You know, I'm one of those people that have multiple books going at once and it drives me a little crazy, but I can't seem to not do that. The book that I'm reading right now that I'm in love with is, and I don't know if you've ever followed Cheryl Strayed's advice column, Dear Sugar. No. Oh my God. It's so awesome. And she's like the ultimate advice columnist. And the book is a collection of columns where it's like Dear Abby, but you know, way better. And she's just so amazing. And her writing is so spot on. And it's sort of life coachy. It's pretty great. Oh, cool. So what is the name of the book the same as the column? Um, The book is called Tiny Beautiful Things Advice on Love and Life from Dear Sugar. Okay. I will post that in the show notes as well. Tiny Beautiful Things. Yeah, I'm a fan of Cheryl Strayed. So that sounds excellent. And I agree with you. I have like 40 books next to my bed. And it's really bad (laughs) since Vinny's been born. So for like almost four years now, I just order books (laughs) all the time. And then I'll read like one chapter. And I always think like, oh, this is really good. I'll get back to it. And then I don't. And then something else comes along. And so yeah, my husband has one book next to his bed at all times. And I have piles and piles and piles. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite non-work related thing to do with time to yourself? God, there's so many. So I love to read. I love to boat. I love to travel. I love to run. I love, God, there's so many things. Those are probably my top. Okay. Excellent. I love all your workout posts, your little workout accountability Yes. And you're a couple hours ahead of me. So oftentimes I'll be getting up to do a workout. And I actually have a handful of friends who are in different time zones and they'll be like, all done with my workout. And I'm like, okay, now I have to do mine. Cause like these people have already done theirs. (laughs) I'm already behind. I know when I'm traveling and I'm on the West coast, I cannot deal with that. I'm like, damn it. They're already killing their day. Yeah. You feel like you're two hours behind everyone else already. You're like, shoot, like, how am I going to catch up? Yes. What's one morning ritual you can't live without? Nespresso. Oh, nice. (laughs) I have to have my coffee and I have to have quiet. I could also say running as well. Okay. Do you run every day? I run about four to five times a week. So I definitely have rest days in there, but my day just goes better. It's like therapy. I've had Mm -hmm. to stop running many times for many reasons and I always have to get back to it and I don't care how fast or slow I am. (laughs) And walking does not do the same thing. Like I need the running. It's total therapy. Yes. So we talked about your mentors. Do you have someone outside of you listed as mentors as your biggest inspiration or would you say it's your biggest inspiration is one of the people you mentioned as a mentor? (laughs) I've mentioned them. So in real life, my daughter and in my fictional life, Beyonce. Awesome. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? I would say the unshakable ability to know their truth. So what I mean by that is I came up with so many initially. I was like, 
you know, like flash where they could catch their kids or, <laughs> you know, like x-ray vision so they could see if they have like weed in their pocket or, you know, I was, my mind just went everywhere. But really, ultimately, I would love for moms to have the ability to not believe the nonsense they tell themselves. Oh, I love that. It would change the world. I think. It would. It really would. So Susan, thank you so much for your time today. This has been so fun. And I want to make sure that we all know where we can find you. So where can we find you? And how can people work with you? And also tell us about your podcast. Sure, absolutely. Thanks. So my website, which is really my online hub for everything is S Hyatt, like the hotel, S-H-Y-A-T-T, shyatt.com. And you can also check me out on Facebook and Instagram at Susan Hyatt. And things that I'm working on right now, I am actually going to be closing the doors on one-on-one coaching after August 1st. So people can still sign up to be clients until August 1st. I'm doing something for one-on-one coaching, VIP days called Slay Days. Love uh, that. Yes. And I have one coming up in New York City in July. And then there are a couple others, one in London, one in Paris. So if any of you want to spend the day with me and put probably six to eight months worth of coaching into a day. Slay days are for you. Also, we talked about bear and I certify coaches in my bear methodology. And I'm actually enrolling right now for that. And that's an in-person training down in Savannah, Georgia. That's happening in September. So all the deets for all that stuff is on my website. Awesome. And then is your podcast on your website as well? Or is that? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yes. If you click on the blog tab on my website, the podcast is called Go. It's also on iTunes. Okay. So if you just search Susan Hyatt Go on iTunes, you can find it. There are 50 episodes on there so far. And the podcast comes out on Monday mornings. It's usually a really short five minute jolt of energy to start your week. Perfect for moms. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. all we got on a Monday morning, five minutes. Yes. <laughs> so I know you run amazing, amazing events. So I'm going to just say a little bit more on them. I've known people who have attended your events. And every time you release a new event, I read through the entire page of what the activity itinerary is because you spare no expense. These are like extravagant life experiences. So for those of you listening, if you've ever wanted to do a life coaching kind of a thing in a really fun, life-changing intense kind of way, but not intense, like over the top. I don't mean that in a bad, scary way, but I think that these are like life coaching intensives. What Susan offers is insane. I mean, the things (laughs) you're like doing coaching sessions in castles and on like the Riviera and it blows my mind every time you release a new event. So well, and and, and I'll be at one someday. I promise. (laughs) Yes, you will. When I can get away from this child for long enough, I will be there. I totally understand. Yeah, I think that that actually is another way my business has changed as my kids have grown up when you asked that earlier is now I can bring them with me to like, hey, we're going to go to Italy for a month or we're going to do a retreat in France. Really cool. Emily Hyatt gets to spend her sweet 16 in Paris this September. So cool. Well, and I love that you, I think, you know, a big part of your legacy is that you have very firm boundaries around certain things, but you have no boundaries in terms of how you can grow the life that you want to live. And I think that's such a powerful thing for your kids to get to see. And I know that your kids do travel with you. I love on social media when you're like, I'm in Europe with one child who cannot be named. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I know your kids get to experience these things with you. And how powerful is that, that these are kids who can look back and say, my mom took people all over the world on trips of a lifetime and adventures of a lifetime and learning experiences of a lifetime, because that was your dream. And then you were able to deliver that dream to other people. I think that that's just such a huge thing for your children to see. And so different than seeing you sitting in your office on the phone doing one-on-one coaching all day long, which there's certainly power in that as well. But this is on a totally different level for them to see the scope that you've built with your business. So just wanted to just put that out there as well as a little bit of an admirer of yours. So thank you so much for spending time with us today, Susan. And anytime you have another fun thing to share with us, please do come back and tell us all and invite us to come with you. Sure. I'd love it. Thank you for having me. You're a great interviewer. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. We will talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening today. As always, if this episode was meaningful to you or inspirational to you, please do feel free to share it with others. You can always share from any of our social media platforms over at Facebook and Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy and now we're on Twitter. Don't know what the heck I'm doing over there, but we're on Twitter. And you can find us on Twitter at Shameless Mom. And you can share from any of those platforms to share out with your networks and communities about how this episode was an inspiration to you. If this is your first time listening to the Shameless Mom Academy, please know that we release episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And you can subscribe so that you have immediate access every time a new episode is released. You can subscribe by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And you'll see a little subscribe button while you're there. There'll also be a little review button and you can leave a five-star review telling us what you loved about today's episode. And lastly, you can find any links mentioned today over at shamelessmom.com in today's show notes. So you can go to the episode with Susan Hyatt's lovely photo and title, and you can find links to the articles that were mentioned, the books that were mentioned, links to finding Susan online on all of her social media platforms and everything there. So thank you again for listening. I hope that this was a fantastic episode for you. It meant so much to me to have someone that I so highly regard stop in to chat for a while. I hope it was equally as meaningful to you. Lastly, no matter what you do today, and I know that Susan would agree. So Susan and I would like to encourage you lastly, and perhaps most importantly, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.